This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you're based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, good morning. I'm sorry I'm laughing because, and I, and I guess the fact that I'm laughing is an insult to you and I apologize in advance because Unsigned says, can you ask Anthony why he isn't in the Israeli reserves right now? I'm curious to find out why he isn't in the army as we speak, Anthony. Anthony Reich, good morning. I think we've shocked Anthony. Uh, are you there? You see, now we... I am here. Oh, there we I go. I am here, Howard. I am, I am, I am here. Sorry. Um, um, and um, I welcome the question. <laughs> I, I'm not in the Israeli reserves uh, as we speak, and you're welcome to ask why. Why, um, And the simple answer to the question is because... When I arrived in Israel, um, the army didn't want me because I was already too old to sign up for the army. And so I've never been through the army due to the fact that when I arrived in Israel, I was already beyond the age that they were willing to accept me. Um, instead, um, I have children who have served in the army uh, and who do serve in the army. Um, and so um, all of us make our contribution in the way that we're able to do and we volunteer within our local communities and for those people who can't be in the reserves. So, yeah, a, a very valid question. And to be honest with you, it's a question that gets raised a lot by people who just walk around the streets and they see people of a certain oh, young age in their 20s and they go, why is he not in the army? Um, and there are lots and lots of different reasons. I know, for example, of a particular story of someone who um, was called to the reserves and then when he turned up, they said, actually, we don't have anything for you to do right now, so please go home. Um, I know of somebody else who wasn't called and then tried to become reallocated to another unit that did want him, except that his original unit wasn't willing to reallocate him to the other unit because they thought that they may still want him in the future. And just bear in mind that this is a war that's not going to end this week or any time soon. Mm. And so the reserves need to be ready to potentially call up another wave of people in the future to release those people who have been serving up until now and to replace them with others because people need to get home, need to get back to jobs and to families and things like that. And they can't necessarily be devoted to the military. And it's a good, um, it's a good place to talk about the fact that we're needing to get ready for a longer campaign. And the question is, how do we keep the show on the road while still fighting this war, which is going to go on for some time, um, and without becoming war-weary and without losing our morale and our spirit, how do we continue to fight this without um, damaging the cause and without damaging the effect that we're trying to build? And it's a, it's a good question. One of the things that we've spoken a lot about is people on the home front, and there is a certain guilt that those who are not in the army right now um, are going out and going to restaurants and going to work and potentially enjoying life and should we really be 
we should we be doing that? Should we be enjoying our lives while so many of our friends, colleagues, families? I know of one individual who told me he had eight grandchildren, eight grandchildren currently serving in the army. So the question is, does the rest of Israel have the right to continue with their lives? I personally think we not only have the right but a responsibility to try and keep this train on the track as much as possible, to keep the home front enthusiastic, to raise our children, to allow them to go to school, to allow them to feel that there is life in spite of the fact the war continues, to keep the economy on the track. So to do go out, do buy things, do, do go to entertainment places, even though you might feel a certain guilt about doing that. That's my personal view. Of course, I'm sure the listeners will have their say on this, and of course I invite mm-hmm. your views on it. Um, but um, I was listening to the radio yesterday in the car, and there were three ads in a row on the radio, which cause me just to sit for a moment and say there's nothing that you can do to escape from the war situation that we're in because all the ads on the radio are now geared up for our current wartime situation. The first ad was by the National Insurance Institute and they advertised that people who have been evacuated from their homes and uh, and people who are have be, been inconvenienced in, in, in some sort of way may be entitled to claim money from the National Insurance Institute and the National Insurance Institute was inviting those people to come and to inquire what their rights are in terms of making claims from the National Insurance Institute because of the fact that they might have been um, evacuated from their homes or whatever the situation is. So that was the first ad. The second ad was an ad by the Ministry of Education asking anybody who's had any teaching experience or training to volunteer to go to the Dead Sea or to go to a LUT and to help them educate children who've been evacuated yeah. from the southern Israel and who are currently being held in a Latin in the Dead Sea, asking those people, even teachers who are employed by schools but who might be on a sabbatical at the moment were also invited to go and join in this collective effort in order to try and keep those children in school, in some sort of a framework, getting their education in spite of the fact that they have run away from their homes, been evacuated from their homes and many of them have nothing back, nothing to go back to um, so that was the second ad. The third ad, all in a row, was about neighborhood watch schemes and inviting people to join up to neighborhood watch schemes which are being increased as a result of the current security situation. <clears throat> people who have weapons training um, because these neighborhood watch schemes are all people who will be armed um, and going around protecting um, our homes and our neighborhoods um, and uh, to try and help with the security forces. So as those three ads ran, I thought to myself, this is just such a strong indication of the fact that we just can't escape from the war no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. And by the way, just another background piece of information for those people who like to use GPS systems to get their way around will know that systems like Waze or Google Maps or Apple Maps not only have um, give you directions how to get to a place, um, but certainly in Israel and in other parts of the world as well, they also overlay the traffic how much traffic there is in one area or another. So, for example, even if you know very well the route to get to a place, <clears throat> you might still use the GPS system to direct you around the traffic jams. Well, in Israel, the traffic mapping has been switched off by order of the military. All of the systems currently, no, sorry, none of the systems at the moment carry traffic mapping. Why is that? Because that could potentially be used 
as a target if someone sees on a map, on a GPS map, a traffic jam somewhere, that could potentially mean, well, let's go over there to try to um, to try to uh, direct our fire or to direct an attack against people who are literally sitting ducks in their cars in a traffic jam, or to potentially try to direct a missile towards that area, or maybe could even signal military movement, a convoy of military vehicles, if they have their ways on, that could show up on the map and could potentially then give our enemy indications as to what the movements are and where the potential target areas are. So at the moment, all of the traffic mapping systems on the GPS systems are switched off. Amazing that, eh? But I mean, that is that is what's required at a time of war. It's it's, it's very simple. The it is it is absolutely needed. What what is the the current situation? What do we know in terms of what is happening within Gaza at the moment? So um, what we know, first of all, unfortunately, is that we have another two names of IDF soldiers who've been added to the list of those who were killed in the operation in Gaza. We now have 34 IDF soldiers, all in all, who have lost their lives in this um, holy work that the IDF is doing in order to root out uh, terror infrastructure in Gaza. We understand that the focus continues to be around Gaza City. And that's really where the IDF seem to be zoning in right now, covering the outer areas of Gaza City. Gaza City is considered now to be the kind of holy grail in terms of where the terror infrastructure really exists. Uh, and I'm not quite sure to what extent the hostage takers might well also potentially be situated in those areas. I'm not exactly sure what's driving the military operation uh, towards Gaza City, other than the fact that we do know that the tunnel infrastructure, the terror infrastructure underneath of Gaza City is extensive. We do know that there is a lot of focus on the hospitals. And there was just a little snippet yesterday where I think the Italians uh, tweeted that they were sending a hospital ship from Italy to be off the coast of Gaza to help um, treat sick people. And the Gazans, when some authorities in Gaza came back saying, we don't need your hospital ships. What we need is medical supplies to be sent in to our hospitals. Now, I think there is a subtext to that particular comment because they are very reluctant to evacuate their hospitals while the Israelis are trying to encourage them to evacuate the hospitals. Why are they trying to hang on to their hospitals? Because they know that all the time that they are treating sick people in those hospitals, the IDF will be under the spotlight for potentially attacking that area. And we all know what is underneath those hospitals. They know and we know. And we know why we want to go in there. And they know why they want to continue to treat sick people in those hospitals as a human shield. So the idea of a hospital ship off the coast of Gaza is the last thing that the Gazans want right now because that would give them the excuse to move sick people away from the existing hospital, Shefa Hospital, for example, in Gaza, move people away from there into these hospital ships and then would potentially give the IDF 
the opportunity to go in without having all of this uh, outfall from world, the world saying this is a heinous crime against humanity to attack a hospital where, where sick people are being treated. So the IDF are really working very hard right now to do whatever they can to evacuate these hospitals. So I would say that the focus is Gaza City and also hospitals. The hospitals have become a big deal. Um, in all of this, as ironic as that sounds, because we all know what's what's waiting under those hospitals mm, and there's mm. potentially um, a lot that, that could be rooted out of the hospitals. What is happening in the north? So the north continues to be very, very tense indeed with a continued attacks on military targets, on Hezbollah targets, on Syrian targets, on Iranian targets in Lebanon and Syria. So the north is still something of a battle zone. Um, what was noticeable yesterday was that there seemed to be just a little less rocket fire coming from Gaza, even though this morning about um, 20 minutes ago there were sirens near the Gaza border. Um, and so there have been a few rockets still fired from Gaza towards the Gaza envelope area. We didn't have the traditional barrage towards central Israel yesterday. Whether that indicates something in the future or not, I'm not quite sure. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, in the north, however, things continue to be very tense. And let's not forget that we're also fighting a certain front in Judea and Samaria. This morning uh, or late last night, a report of a young couple with a toddler in their car having been shot at by terrorists driving through the Judea area, a five-month-old toddler with his parents in the car. Both of the parents mm. were shot, one more seriously injured than the other, but the baby fortunately not um, affected or not injured in this particular case. Uh, and we do know that the IDF are also very, uh, very active at the moment in the Janine area. So we effectively are fighting um, three fronts. One in the south in Gaza against Hamas, one in the north against Hezbollah and Hamas together with the Iranian reinforcements. And we're also fighting a certain front in Judea and Samaria. Um, and that front should not be underestimated because that's a much more complex front, much more linked in with civilians, much more intertwined with Israeli territory yeah. as well, with Israelis um, living in, in towns and settlements around that area. So it becomes all very, very complex indeed to try and separate a line of battle, as it were, um, in the Judea and Samaria area. And that is where we leave it, Anthony Wright. Thank you, as always. Thank you for an incredible week of reporting. You get a well-deserved break tomorrow on Friday. I hope it is a good break for you. I wish you a fantastic weekend. A Shabbat Shalom, and we'll catch you on Monday morning. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Tzahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all.